MyWax Museum is a proud member of the Create Vine. Hey guys, just jumping in here before we jump into this episode of My Wax Museum, I just want to say thanks for listening, and I really do hope you enjoy listening to the show. If you do, or even if you don't, we would love it if you left us a review. You can do so at ratethispodcast.com slash wax. Again, that's ratethispodcast.com slash wax. Now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. I'm your host, Alex Williams, and today I'm joined by Jack Taggart. Now, Jack is awesome. He is such a thoughtful person. Every single conversation I've had with him, I can see the wheels turning in his brain. He wants to say not just the right thing, but the smart thing, and he puts a lot of thought into everything he does. And this makes conversations with him just wildly engaging. I've never had a bad one with him. And so I'm just delighted to share this one with all of you and hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And remember, after today's show, to make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Jack, <laughs> Jack Taggart. Welcome to My Wax Museum. Uh, thank you for having me on here. I, I'm really excited to have you on here because I, it's not all that often that um, that I get to just kind of have, you know, people who I'm a lo- loosely associated with, with come on the show. Usually it's either podcasters or people that I've known forever. That's kind of what it's been lately. And so this is kind of a breath of fresh air and I, I look forward to hearing your story. But like I mentioned, I always start with how we know each other. Uh, so if you'd like to fill in the audience on on our little our little tale of how we got in contact over, I guess I guess I've kind of known you for the past few months. So what's what's the story here? So uh, the story is is uh, due to COVID. Um, uh, let me back up a bit. So we've uh, our last semester. Uh, we're both we both attend the same university, and we just so happen to be in the uh, same econ class, international econ. And um, again, due to COVID, we've uh, it's all been remote, and so I've always kind of seen Alex in this class, and uh, really never met him until we were at uh, we met this like uh, I guess you can say this um, uh, this mingle at uh, the place that now I intern at, and Alex does work with, and we're able to uh, we kind of you know saw each other, and we're like, oh, I recognize you, and then. You know, struck up a conversation, kind of found out we kind of have uh, a lot in common. Yeah, it, it was really, really funny because usually it's easier to recognize people from your classes, but then, yeah, we're we're standing there, and I'm like, "Are you Jack? Like, are we? Are you in my econ <laughs> class?" And we had been seeing each other at least once a week for the whole semester, um, and and so yeah, it, it was really really interesting and like we had participated in the same class discussions and stuff uh but never met so it was very unexpected very strange but uh i'm glad we've gotten to chat more over time here um but yeah so so let's back all the way up though all the way to the very beginning of your life uh where were you born where are you from um so um, I was uh, born in uh, Salt Lake City and um, uh, was a primary children's uh, hospital, which um, for those who are, don't know this, but um, that's the most LDS or mo- most Mormon you could possibly get. Um, 
but then I guess when I turned six, my, uh, my dad had been kind of struggling with employment, either jumping from job to job, being laid off. And, and this one time particularly he got laid off and he kind of realized that, um, he really, uh, couldn't be doing this, you know, supporting a family and, um, while continually looking for jobs, you know, or, or at least getting very inconsistent work. And so he made a, uh, very, un, um, I'm president. He kind of had a midlife crisis and, uh, we decided to pack up and move down to where my, my mother's family is from, which again, almost like Utah again, part of the, the Mormon beltway where, uh, there, my dad, he, uh, attended a community college and got his uh, degree in teaching and, uh, has been teaching since. So really interesting. So, so growing up, um, how old were you when your dad became a teacher? So, man, it took like a few years. So, I think it was, if I remember, I was in third grade, so about uh, 10. Was that interesting, having a dad as a teacher? Like, did it f- feel like anything changed? Did it, you know, wa- was it nice? Because I guess you get summers off more or less, right? Yeah, I mean, we were able to do a lot more, at least, well, I guess from what I can remember, at least maybe just because my six-year-old mind, nothing really did change because um, I really don't remember much, excuse me, before that, um, that time. And, um, you know, and I always, at that time, I always knew dad was always like in either working or having some sort of part-time job. And so, um, you know, my dad, when he got a job, I kind of didn't see him until like he came home from work. And then, you know, during the summers, he was either, he's had a lot of time off or, uh, he was working at, uh, his, I guess you can say his, uh, his college job while he was uh, getting his degree again, you know, at a construction company. And yeah, I mean, nothing really did change, I guess. Um. But it was kind of interesting more so when I got into middle school and because my dad, he taught at a different middle school. And more particularly, when I started getting more active in sports, particularly with track, I'd meet some of his students and uh, they'd ask me, why are you, oh, you're Mr. Taggart's son. Well, you know, we should come to SAF. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm very happy with that here, you know. But um, that would be interesting. Did they like, did they have a different perspective on your dad than you did? Yeah, (laughs) I guess you can say that because... they only kind of see uh, what they call Mr. Taggart's or um, you only saw him and him at the time he was very active, like with student government, student council, but um, which we got that at home, but it was kind of, I guess you can say a lot more intense, um, very more opinionated about certain issues and certain topics. Um, but uh, you know, you kind of really can't do that in a, uh, in a class setting. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe the most he'd ever see him. Well, I guess, or I guess one of his more ish or biggest issues he had was, um, I don't remember what year it was, but I know I remember when Arizona they passed uh, SB 1070, which basically what it did was um, it changed from having a, a legal or illegal immigration becoming a um, instead of having it being a federal crime that only federal authorities can you know arrest and you know you, you know um, it turned into more of a state crime, so local law enforcement could you know enforce immigration. Very controversial, and you know I can see why some of it uh, got struck down, but. Um, you know, again, at this at the time, um, it was a very hot, hotly t- contested issue. And um, where I grew up in, you were either, like I said, part of the Mormon Beltway, um, and particularly we were in the southeastern Arizona. So a lot of you, you were Mormon, white Mormon, or Hispanic. And so, in particular, where the school my dad was teaching, there was it was predominantly Hispanic. And of course, this was an issue that was coming up a lot. And um, my uh, dad was actually accused of, uh, you know, calling uh, calling a kid a beaner, which he didn't say that and also even you know getting called in into his like getting called into it by his boss saying that how he was almost praising the bill and almost like 
almost like he was almost being a racist about the whole thing, which, you know, didn't happen. The kid turned out to be a liar. And yeah, so I guess that was kind of the most, uh, I guess, politically he's ever got, or he seemed to get very upset in the class. So Yeah, and so you and I have talked about the need for for political discourse and, and civil discussion and stuff before. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm curious, was that something you were interested in from a young age, maybe partly uh, because of your, your dad's influence on you and your dad's own interest in that kind of thing? So that's kind of more of a little question. So I guess you can say I've always been, I guess you can say more political. Um, however, it wasn't until like actually three years ago, actually. Well, I probably even go maybe even a little farther and that um, um, where I actually kind of started realizing that there's more, there's more to the side of the story than what we talk about. You know, not issues are not always black and white. Um, I guess an example I can give was while I was uh, serving as a volunteer for my church in the, uh, in the DC area, um, I uh, came across this family, really Esquivel family, really wonderful family and, you know, love them to death. But, um, and I kind of found out later through conversations that um, they were, uh, or some of them came across the border illegally, which I guess more before that, you know, I kind of leaned into more about that, how immigration, particularly, you know, with SB 1070 was, um, um, I say that, it was a very touchy subject where like, it was a lot of people, a lot of frustrations that uh, a lot of people in the state had issue or were, were dealing with or had. And so coming in contact with them and actually kind of saw an actual face behind these people and realized that you know hey these are real people that they're wanting to um you know they're trying to better their lives which i don't fault them for that you know they're just trying to do the best they can and, you know for the most part they've actually the entire part you know that the esquivel family has been a very productive and very uh, successful family and as a matter of fact the um the congregants and of that area or congregants of their of their um of their church loved them you know they were very um, very loved. I mean, like whenever uh, Sister Esquivel, um, uh, Yolanda, Yolanda would ever make uh, um, tamales, whenever anyone in the, in the congregation found out, they actually would make requests, requests for tamales. And I, mean, I still had Christmas with them making tamales, and oh my gosh, they were very good. But um, anyways, going on more with that, like, um, but more so recently when I kind of came to college, uh, my first semester up here at uh, Brigham Young University, Idaho. I took a class called uh, Freedom in Civil Society, and um, it kind of talked a little bit more about how understanding definitions and kind of understanding different perspectives on where they come from, whether they want a e egalitarian point of view or, and it sounds so bad, I almost forgot the other point of views that they came from. But um, it clears to me that kind of started opening up um, more that there's different opportunity, opportunities, different ideas out there, and that, you know, more often than not, these ideas are very nuanced, you know. But um, I guess continuing on more also, and, you know, as I've kind of continued more and realizing that um, particularly with the United States uh, media that uh, um, at least I came to this conclusion that you only hear two radical sides and that more often than not there's, and this is probably at least my, my opinion, very more accurate. There's like uh, the actual issue, the actual problem is kind of more somewhere in the middle. Um, and, you know, this is also, also this also, but um, I got to a point where I felt like I knew what I believed in. And I was kind of curious what other people believed in. And that's kind of begun my, my quest for understanding. You know, and, and part of this quest for understanding, I've uh, read the, the, the Dhammapada, which is, uh, is a Buddhist text. And I've read most of the Quran, so, which are you know, very interesting books. So That's really um, 
Interesting. I mean, I I'm a fan of of taking in all the information and trying to find a variety and and hopefully learn as much as I can about any subject before I you know stamp my name on it and say I believe this. Um, but how do you go about? Um, or here's a better question: what What was it that brought you to the realization that there was such um, a variety of information out there and that there, you know, that the different sides are, are incredibly biased. Was there some experience you had or, or at what point did you realize, you know, things are a lot more complicated than they seem and maybe I should do more reading? Um, <laughs> I think also, that's actually a really good question. Um, but I think it was actually more of a variety of things actually. So, um, I think also more of like going to college and, you know, being away some from like familial influences has definitely kind of helped me better shape my view on things. Um, you know, not that I was saying like my family is horrible or anything, but like, you know, they've kind of had their life experiences that, um, you know, that they you know, that, which led to their beliefs. Whereas, um, actually a year ago, actually I met these, um, really good friends of mine now, but, um, they, uh, uh, came, came, or their backgrounds were, uh, basically less privileged than mine. Um, where they actually kind of saw more of some of the benefits, for example, more of these like social welfare, welfare programs, which, you know, heaven forbid me even say this, but like growing up in a family that, um, you know, they, they made their, I guess you can say they made the right choices, meaning like, they got an education, they prioritized education, they were healthy mentally, um, they got married and then they had children, you know, whereas kind of like these other ladies that um, I came from, they were able to rise above it, but like they came from this where like there was a lot of instability from, you know, from their upbringing, you know, kind of the poor choices that their parents made or like there were some mental health issues that were plaguing their, plaguing their parents that they, um, that kind of didn't, um, they were kind of receiving help but not really getting full help if that makes sense but that kind of opened my ideas more of like that um where i guess some people may seem like it's a waste of money other people may see it as the benefit you know more of what i said with uh, the esquivel family more of like once you put a face behind you know behind these issues behind these recipients you know you're um you see that there's you know, these kind of these issues are more nuanced you know all you know we talked about this too but um um, you know, I talked to you, Alex, about how I have a hernia, which, you know, it's not that serious, but like, um, you know, again, I'm very against universal healthcare or any government provided healthcare, which, you know, like it or leave it, you know, I don't feel like that I should be paying for someone else's healthcare. That's my opinion, you know, but going on to this, you know, understanding more of like when I had my hernia, not realizing what it was, you know, and even not even able to get a straight answer from the doctors or even doctor's office, how much it's going to cost, you know, kind of scary, you know. And, you know, at least that gave, gave me a little more insight on, you know, how like some of these people who like, they really do not have these resources are like, you know, it's, you know, almost like a godsend to them, you know, by having these programs. So, yeah, it's, I, I mean, like, like we've talked about before, any, any situation is wildly complex, right? I, I think that's interesting how you've had these experiences that have made you think, okay, so that's what these people are going through. You still might hold your opinions, but you can still be sympathetic to the plight of others, right? Maybe not necessarily, oh yeah, sympathetic in some instances, but maybe more of like, I can say more of moderating my 
my views, if that makes sense, you know, instead mm-hmm. of making it, I guess, like crazy, right. You know, it's more of like uh, more towards the middle, which, um, which again, I kind of like to think of myself more as a moderate rather than more as a, uh, I guess, an extreme conservative, uh, conservative. So. Hey guys, future Alex here. We're going to have more of this awesome conversation with Jack back in just a moment here. But in the meantime, I wanted to invite you to leave us a review for the podcast. You can do this wherever you get your podcasts, if they allow it, or you can simply go to ratethispodcast.com slash wax, and it'll actually give you all the options as to where you can leave that review. Again, that is ratethispodcast.com slash wax. Nice and simple. You can do it right while you're listening to the show. Anyways, with that, back to the show. Then kind of going from there, as you've as you've developed these um, political ideas, and, and you said that moving away from your family was a big part of that, um, as well as just kind of getting out of your bubble and having these different experiences. So what would you recommend for for somebody who uh, maybe is kind of struggling to figure out their ideas and and what they believe and what they view? What would you suggest to somebody uh, that they do so that they can um, develop their own thoughts like you have been working on? Um, I guess the first thing what I do is, um, you know, I guess more of a question why you believe what you believe, because kind of like what I said, more of like I had to a point where I kind of knew I, what I believed and I was kind of more of curious, more of a curiosity for me to strengthen my own arguments about why I believe what I believe, but more of like understanding like different points of view, like, like why people oppose them. Um, there's that. And I think also um, when talking to people, you know, having like an approach of more of like, um, as if like you're seeking for an understanding, seeking for an answer, you know, more of like um, actually wanting to have like, potentially have your opinions changed. Um, what else is there? And also more of like, you know, be willing to change your opinions too. Cause like, if you're not willing to change, then like all what you're doing, you know, particularly with, um, you know, searching is like, why, why are you doing it? You know, are you just wanting to like, um, I guess, you know, strengthen your own biases or like really kind of figure out is my, is my thinking wrong? Are my ideas wrong? You know, that's, at least that's kind of what, how I've done, how I've approached it. It's a challenging thing when you, when you really think something and then and then you you have to put more thought into it um have there been any examples um of of your own experience where you have questioned your ideas questioned your beliefs and then come out on the other side and been like i was wrong this is this is what i believe now that you'll be comfortable sharing of course so I kind of did talk about more about um, healthcare, which, you know, there's that. But um, another thing also, I guess, was brought up also is more of, I think I talked to you about this, uh, more of the issue of abortion. And, you know, I've, I'm a deeply religious man, and I will, you know, part of what my church believes is that um, it, we believe in the, the sanctity of life. And, you know, again, I believe, you know, and from what I understand, they, they believe uh, life begins at conception. However, um, talking to more of some of those friends, I was telling me about how, like, um, which I, I probably shouldn't even be saying this. I suspect they either know somebody or may have experienced an abortion or something. But, um, but um, I kind of did more research about the issue of it and more of like what I heard more particularly more of like those who are proponents of abortion. It's more of like they feel like some of these people are stuck in these positions where 
they feel like they cannot um, support a child. Like there is really no other alternative than to terminate the pregnancy. And there's that, I mean, I wouldn't say it's maybe a little more sympathetic and a little more understanding to it. I wouldn't say, but it's definitely, I guess you can say, cause I, I guess before I started researching all, you know, more be my stance on abortion, um, it was kind of more of like, a, like it's more of a black and white kind of thing, which um, as I did more research, I can, I realized it's far more nuanced than that, you know, which um, however people stands on it, you know, that's fine. I don't, but um, again, I kind of, like I said, I realized it's very, very nuanced and like, you know, there's really, I guess you can say it's more of like your opinion, what you feel is right, which and again, maybe this is also more of, I guess, me thinking more also, but I think it's very unfair that, you know, I should force my beliefs on somebody else. If, know, does that make any more sense? Or is that kind of just like, well, what are you talking about? You know? Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, one thing, uh, kind of maybe a theme that I'm that I'm seeing is that uh, things have really gone from black and white to gray and murky and and a lot more complicated and i think i i think that happens with anybody i know for me personally growing up i had very very specific beliefs and very very specific expectations for everybody and everything and now i i realize as an adult well life is so much more complicated than that oh it is yeah so moving forward into the complicated void in which uh, you're staring, what 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 are your plans? Because uh, you haven't mentioned it on here. Uh, you're graduating shortly. Um, actually, I think by the time this episode airs, you might actually be graduated. So congratulations. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but... Uh, you're, you're wrapping up school. What are you, what are your plans afterwards? Oh man. So, um, that's a very good question. I, I've been saying that a lot, but, um, the main goal is to get a job and start paying off my student debt. Um, that is the main goal. Um, I have, I was toying with the idea of joining the military, you know, particularly during these uh, uncertain times, uh, due to COVID and everything, but, um, realizing this and i've also kind of prayed about this and felt that you know man might be that my best option but um i guess more of the specifics on where i go and i'll go wherever the job takes me um if it takes me to new york i'll go to new york although i want to go to new york uh, if it takes me to arizona i'll go back to arizona if it takes me to vegas i'll go to vegas you know but um there's that you know i definitely want to get a job at least you know start being start my career but i've also been looking at and i've actually been applying for um uh, universities over in the uk in particular um i you know i'm studying econ and i really enjoy it and some of the cool stuff that you can do in econ more of like uh, actually you know be on boards or actually like make big important decisions require a master's or a phd and so i'm kind of wanting to do that and plus the uk is also very attractive is because you know for one i'd like to study abroad feel it's like to be an international student um but also um their, their programs are, uh, at least their master's programs I've been looking at, are a year long. And so, um, well, and I'll also tell you this also, I am very, um, it's just my long-term goal is to become a father, you know, to start a family. And um, I would like to at least start, finish my schooling before I start, excuse me, before I start my family. And so by going to the UK, you know, doing, you know, having a master's over there, getting my master's over there, I can get my master's sooner. And so, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of that is a lot of unknown and I don't know what is going to happen 
from there. So that is super exciting though. Do you feel like, um, do you feel intimidated by it or excited by it? Oh, a little bit of both. Um, <laughs> so I guess why I say that is more of I'm intimidated because, um, I just don't know. I just don't know what's going to happen. I don't know whether I'm going to be spending six months at my aunt and uncle living with my aunt and uncle finding a job in Salt Lake or will, if I get accepted to grad school or if I don't, what am I going to do next? You know, that kind of thing. Um, but also more of excitement because, you know, I probably didn't even mention this, but like, um, like I said, you know, I'm, I grew up in Arizona and, you know, we, I'm attending this you know, private university in Idaho and um, I am the first person in my, in my immediate family, actually, yeah, in my immediate family, more of my, you know, that you actually, you know, attended now state college, you know, at least to go for like far away from home with really no, really actually no familiar co connections. Um, and so that was an adventure and I'm kind of looking forward to that aspect, you know, into the, I guess the next step after graduation, you know, kind of figuring out, you know, having to be an adventure and even meeting new people, you know, but so, yeah. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. I mean, you you mentioned that, you know, you're the first in your family to really head further away from home within the United States and, and go to school somewhere else and that you found that to be an adventure. I'm sure you found um, your, your time on your mission in uh, DC to be an adventure. And, and now you're, you're looking at this potential adventure that may take you to the UK. And so, do you feel like as you've taken these steps outside of your your sphere that you're used to that um that you've wanted to take more steps outside of it like was that initial adventure to idaho kind of like oh maybe i can go further like does it pique your curiosity and make you want to go further i don't know i mean um, that's kind of very interesting uh, interesting thought um so maybe I've also been toying with the idea of living in the UK as well, you know, but, um, you know, full on immigrate or yeah, yeah. There's an immigrating, uh, to another country, but, um, but I guess more of a kind of going back to that, more of like the, why I decided to come up to BYU, Idaho, you know, venturing far outside is, uh, I think this is more of a sense of escapism, I guess, <laughs> if that makes sense. And also a desire to be, um, included. Um, cause, um, Maybe this is just kind of more of my sob story a bit, but um, the community I grew up in, you know, great community to live in, great community to grow up in. But, um, and like I said, there was a community college there. And actually, I only attended a semester there, but um, a lot of people from my high school attended that community college. And um, to an extent, it kind of felt like an extension of high school. I guess you can say, you know, high school part two, you know. And I didn't quite like that so much. But, and so that's kind of why I left. But also, uh, a lot of my, my people, you know, that's great, excuse me, the people I worked with while I was living in D.C. Um, were attending uh, BYU-Idaho, and um, they kind of suggested, just throughout the idea, maybe I should go there, and I have, and, you know, and frankly, it has been a wonderful, or it's, excuse me, my experience here has given me a lot of opportunities I probably would have not have gotten had I stayed in Arizona. Um, so, yeah, uh, I guess I don't know if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I think that is, um, it, it's always interesting to me to see the different things that people hope for and the different experiences people have had 
throughout their lives that kind of direct them and guide them to these different steps and these these different things that they learned. I mean, throughout our conversation, we've talked about your political ideals and your moral ideals kind of graying over time and becoming less black and white and and how you've be you know begun to appreciate the nuance of life and and that you've even considered uh at the very least uh considered to step so far out of your comfort zone as to move across the ocean potentially whether for school or for an extended period and and I think that's fantastic, and I, I really wish you the best on, on those adventures that, that are to come. As we kind of wind down the, the episode here, the interview, I, I'd like to hear from you what, what it is that, um, that, that makes being a father your ultimate goal as as you mentioned oh that's uh i don't know i guess um man that's kind of a tough question to ask i guess more of again with my religious background um you know family is families are very important and i also feel like at least for me you know i've uh, i guess you can say i've you know spent some time serving my church you know going to a university almost completing my degree and you know starting my life and i almost feel like you know fatherhood and parenthood is almost the next step is the next step in this, in this, I guess you can say, in this journey. Um, but also, I also feel like, um, I also feel like that maybe also like, uh, I would also, words, man, I'm kind of lost words for this, but more of, um, in addition to it being the next step, it's more of like, um, I kind of want to be like that, you know, I guess I'm going to get religious here, but you know, how um, our heavenly, our God, who our father loves us and he is our father. And, you know, and I almost kind of want to take that step, you know, become a father so that I guess you can say, not in essence, be like God, but almost like, um, almost trying to emulate and almost trying to, excuse me, almost try to, um, I guess, trying to almost experience what he must feel between, you know, having us, having us being his children, you know, killing each other and doing horrible things. So, as well as experience our highs, like when we, when they do achieve, when humans um, achieve something, something great. Yeah, I, I I do think there there's a great opportunity for a wide range of emotions and and a wide range of experiences um, as as a parent. Um, and so, last last question for you here: at the end of your life, when you're looking back at everything you've accomplished, everything you've done, um, who knows what countries you've lived in, who knows what experiences you've had. But when you're looking back at it from the finish line, what are the things you'd like to say you're most proud of and most satisfied with having experienced, done, accomplished, or seen in your life? Um, probably that this guy made a difference, whether it was, or I guess this guy being referring to me, uh, he made a difference. You know, he was a great person. You know, he treated everybody with love and respect that they that they deserved um and know that they made a difference whether it was big or small whether it was just simply being a good father or maybe like who knows maybe bringing like uh, zimbabwe out of their fiscal crisis right now i don't know you know but um you know something along those lines of you know having having a good and proud legacy to leave behind yeah i love that 
Well, uh, Jack Taggart, this has been an awesome conversation, and I just want to say thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening, not just to this show, which we certainly do appreciate, but more to the people around you, the people in your life that you just happen to know. Take some time, just five minutes, to listen intently to the people around you. Mecco, 